Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Member by Ram Goldar and today Masechus Gittin Daf Mem Dal, the fourth parak Hashalech. The Zichud Masechus Gittin program has been generously sponsored by Zichud Nishmas Chaya Hadas Basender. So the three daps are going to focus on number one. The Mishnah Daf Mem Gimel Amabes had taught that one who sells his slave to an idolater must buy him back and set him free. Abraisa states, If an idolater forcibly collected the slave for his debt, or an extortionist took him, he does not go free since he was not willingly sold. Now this is a challenge from Abraisa, which states, If the king's household forcibly took his granary, If it was taken for his debt to the king, he must separate Meiser from his own produce for what was taken. So we see that a debt collected by force is considered as if it was voluntarily sold. The more answers Ashani Hasim to come Starshile. There it's different because he gained by the amount he would have had to remove as miser. Since all the grain was accounted towards as debt, he stands to profit from the miser he would have had to remove if he had kept the grain. Point number two, Rabbi Yumi asked Rabbi Asi, Makra Abdubamais, one who sold a slave to an idolater and then died, Maushi Yiknusu has been no What is the luck regarding penalizing a son who inherits the estate to acquire him to buy back the slave? This cannot be resolved from similar cases. Even if you say regarding Tsarm Ozen Bechor, if a Kohen nicked the ear of a Bechor to disqualify it as a carbon and keep it, that just as the father is penalized and cannot shech the Bechor based on his blemish, the son also cannot, that may be specifically for a derisa mitzvah. But regarding a Durban prohibition of selling the slave to an idolater, perhaps they would not penalize the son. On the other hand, even if you say regarding one who scheduled work for Chol Moed, which is rabbinically prohibited, and a violator is penalized to lose the product, that his son is not penalized, that may be because he never actually worked on Chol Moed, but died before. But one who did sell the slave, perhaps they penalized the son as well. This is a result from a ruling about Shemitah, that if someone fertilizes field, he may not plant in it in the eighth year, yet if he dies, his son may plant it. Regarding a sold slave as well, the son is not penalized. And point number three, the Mishnah taught that a slave who is sold to Chutzwaretz goes free. Ravanan reported that he heard two rulings from Shemuel, one about this law, and another regarding Hamochah Sadeu Bishnasi Yovo Atzma, one who sells his field during Yovel itself, during which fields previously sold are returned to the original owners. Rav says, Mechur B'yotza, it is sold, and immediately leaves to return to the seller's ownership. Shmuel says, Eina Mechura Kol Iker, it's not sold at all. Shmuel ruled that the money is returned to the buyer in one of these cases, but not in the other, but Rav Anand did not recall which was which. Rabbi Yosef resolved the question from a brisa. Hamochur avdol chutzarts, one who sells a slave to chutzarts, yatzel acheros, v'sarich get shichur merabu sheni. He goes free, but requires to get shichur from a second master. Clearly, the second master owns him, proving that the money is not refunded. It follows that regarding the sale during Yovo, which was ineffective, that the money is refunded. So once again, the three points are number one. The Mishnah Daf Mem Gimel Amabase taught the one who sells a slave to an idolater must buy him back and set him free. Abraisa states, If an idolater forcibly collected the slave for his debt, or an extortionist took him, he does not go free since he was not willingly sold. Now this is a challenge from Abraisa, which states, If the king's household forcibly took his granary, if it was taken for his debt to the king, he must separate Meiser from his own produce for what was taken. So we see that a debt collected by force is considered as if it was voluntarily sold. The more answers Ashani Hasim to come Starshile. There it's different because he gained by the amount he would have had to remove as Meiser. Since all the grain was accounted towards as debt, he stands to profit from the Meiser he would have had to remove if he had kept the grain. 
Point number two, Rabbi Yumi asked Rabbi Asi, Makra Abdubameis, one who sold a slave to an idolater and then died, Maushi Yiknesu has been no Akharab. What is the Lakh regarding penalizing a son who inherits the estate to require him to buy back the slave? This cannot be resolved from similar cases. Even if you say regarding Tsarm Ozen Bechor, if a Kohen nicked the ear of a Bechor to disqualify it as a carbon and keep it, that just as the father is penalized and cannot shech the Bechor based on his blemish, the son also cannot, that may be specifically for a derisa mitzvah. But regarding a derabun prohibition of selling the slave to an idolater, perhaps they would not penalize the son. On the other hand, even if you say regarding one who scheduled work for a Chol Moed, which is rabbinically prohibited, and a violator is penalized to lose the product, that his son is not penalized, that may be because he never actually worked on Chol Moed, but died before. But one who did sell the slave, perhaps they penalized the son as well. This is a result from a ruling about Shemitah, that if someone fertilizes field, he may not plant in it in the eighth year, yet if he dies, his son may plant it. Regarding a sold slave as well, the son is not penalized. And point number three, the Mishnah taught that a slave who is sold to Chutzwaretz goes free. Ravanan reported that he heard two rulings from Shemuel, one about this law, and another regarding Hamokha Sadeu Bishnasi Yovo Atzma, one who sells his field during Yovel itself, during which fields previously sold are returned to the original owners. Rav says, Mechur B'yotza, it is sold and immediately leaves to return to the seller's ownership. Shmuel says, Eina Mechura, called Iker, it's not sold at all. Shmuel ruled that the money is returned to the buyer in one of these cases, but not in the other, but Rav Anand did not recall which was which. Rabbi Yosef resolved the question from a brisa: Hamochur Avdol Chutzarts, one who sells a slave to Chutzarts, Yatzel Echeres, Vesarich Get Shichur Merabu Sheni. He goes free, but requires to get Shichur from a second master. Clearly, the second master owns him, proving that the money is not refunded. It follows that regarding the sale during Yovo, which was ineffective, that the money is refunded. All right, so now we go to Simradaf Mem Dalit, and our standard simon is mud. Mud. So here goes. The muddy slave who was forcibly taken by an idolater collecting on a debt was put to work in a mud pit next to a slave who was sold to the idolater who was praying his master's son would have to buy him back after his father died. From shock when he found out he'd have to refund the money for the muddy field he sold during Yovel. Once again, it's emotion. The muddy slave mud. That must be more enough. Mem Dalid. The muddy slave who was forcibly taken by an idolater collecting on a debt, which reminds us, the Mishnah Duff Mengimam base taught that one who sells a slave to an idolater must buy him back and set him free. A Bryce Sahir states that if an idolater forcibly collected the slave for his debt, or an extortionist took him, well, Yatzel Harris, he does not go free since he was not willingly sold. So the muddy slave who was forcibly taken by an idolater, collecting on a debt, was put to work in a mud pit next to a slave who was sold to the idolater, who was praying his master's son would have to buy him back after his father died, which reminds us, Rabbi Yirmi asked Rabbi Asi, Makra Abdul one who sold a slave to an idolater and then died, Maushi Yiknesu has been no akharab, what's a halacha regarding penalizing a son who inherits the estate to require him to buy back the slave? So the muddy slave who was forcibly taken by an idolater, collecting on a debt, was put to work in a mud pit next to a slave who was sold to the idolater who was praying his master's son would have to buy him back after his father died from shock when he found out he'd have to refund the money from the muddy field he sold during Yovo, which reminds us one who sells his field during Yovo itself during which fields previously sold are returned to the original owners Shmuel ruled that the sale is not valid and he must refund the money so once again, the muddy slave who was forcibly taken by an idolater, collecting on a debt, was put to work in a mud pit next to a slave who was sold to the idolater, who was praying his master's son would have to buy him back after his father died from shock when he found out he'd have to refund the money for the muddy field he sold during Yovel. 
All right, so now it's time for Forbola Bach Hazara. Daf Mem. So the Simmer Daf Mem is a pool. So here goes. The tranquil scene of the freed slave getting married to a free woman in front of his master by the pretty green pool. Pool. That must be more on Daf Mem. Mayim. The tranquil scene of the freed slave getting married to a free woman in front of his master by the pretty green pool, which reminds us, Rabbi said, Evishinah says, Baschorin bifnei rabo, a slave, who marries a free woman in the presence of his master, Yatzalacheres. He goes free because his master would not have allowed this if he had not previously freed him. So the tranquil scene of the freed slave getting married to a free woman in front of his master by the pretty green pool, attended by a sad slave whose master had made him hefker and therefore could not get married, which reminds us, a Maymar said, a mafkir abdo, one who is mafkir a slave, also evid enol takana. That slave has no remedy to marry. He explains that once the master monetarily disowned him, only regarding prohibition to marry Jews is he in the master's domain, and he cannot free this dominion in a slave he does not monetarily own. Another version of a Maymar is quoted. So the tranquil scene of the freed slave getting married to a free woman in front of his master by the pretty green pool, attended by a sad slave whose master had made him hefker and therefore could not get married, was disturbed when a master in the crowd whispered to his friend, I made pony my slave into a free man. And the slave sitting next to him responded vehemently, he did not make me free. Which reminds us, it was taught in the Brisa, Omer Asisi Pony Avdi Ben Choring, one who says, I made pony my slave into a free man. And the slave says, he did not make me free. We presume that he transferred the get shikhor to the slave through another person who acquired it on the slave's behalf who wasn't aware of it. So the similar daf mem alav is a grandma. So here goes. The grandma, grandma, that must be more daf mem alav. The grandma with the green hair who designated one of her slaves as an apotekion alone to buy some knitting needles and then freed him, which reminds us the mission the previous stuff taught that an evid whose master designated him as an apotekion as payment to another in case he would be unable to pay and he freed him by rights the slave has no obligations but for tikkun olam the master is forced to free him and the slave pays his value to the master. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says the one who freed him pays his value, not the slave. Two different shatim for the Malchokas are given. So the grandma with the green hair who designated one of her slaves as an apotekion alone to buy some knitting needles and then freed him, rebuked her two grandsons where one had freed his half of a slave and told them that the poor slave won't be able to marry a shivcha or a nice Jewish girl. Which reminds us, the next mission states, Misha Chetzio Eved Vichetzio Ben Chorin, one who is half slave and half free man. Basil will say, Ovid is Rabo Yom Echad as Atzmo Yom Echad. He works one day for his master and one day for himself. Beishamay object, he come to him as Rabo you have resolved his master's problem, but you have not resolved his own problem of being unable to marry, since he's forbidden to both a slave woman and a free woman. Basil ultimately retracted and ruled like Beishamai. So the grandma with the green hair who designated one of her slaves as an apotekion alone to buy some knitting needles and then freed him, rebuked her two grandsons where one had freed his half of a slave and told them that the poor slave won't be able to marry a shivcha or a nice Jewish girl, and that her knitting partner said even one person freeing half his slave via money or get shikhur is questionable. Which reminds us, it was taught in the price if one frees half his evid. Rebbe says he acquires his freed half and becomes a half slave. But the Chamis say it's ineffective and he remains a full slave. Rebbe says that they all agree that a slave can be partially free through money based on a drusha. Their dispute concerns partial freeing through a get shikhur, where this method of emancipation is compared to the other method of money or is compared to a get of a woman which cannot operate partially. Rabbi Yosef explains that the Tanaim disagree about partial emancipation both regarding money and regarding a get shikhur. Daf Mem Beis. So the similar Daf Mem Beis is a mobster. So here goes. The mobster. Mobster. That must be more in Daf 
Membes, the mobster in the green pinstripe suit who made the meaningless gesture of telling his two slaves that he gives them each half of his fortune, which reminds us of Bryson, which taught that one who writes his possessions over to his two slaves, teaches that the slaves do not even acquire themselves, is where he said he gives half to each slave. So even if he gave to both simultaneously, he may have intended to give the same half to each slave, leaving each one second half for himself. So the mobster in the green pinstripe suit who made the meaningless gesture of telling his two slaves that he gives them each half of his fortune was furious when his half-freed Evid was gored by a bull on the day that he worked for himself, which reminds us Gamora says that if an ox gores a half-slave, if he was gored on a day that his work belongs to his master, damages are paid to his master. Yom shil atzmo atzmo. But if he was gored on the day that his work belongs to himself, the damages are paid to himself. Still, he cannot marry a slave woman on his master's day and a free woman on his day because isura loka amrinun. We cannot say his status changes daily regarding prohibition. Only monetary arrangements can be divided this way. So the mobster in the green pinstripe suit who made the meaningless gesture of telling his two slaves that he gives them each half of his fortune was furious when his half-freed Evid was gored by a bull on the day that he worked for himself and was told that he may not be able to collect kanas for the Evid that he freed but was awaiting a get shikhur, which reminds us, the Gemara asks, Mu'ukav get shikhur, a slave who has been freed but needs to get shikhur, yeshul kanas o enul kanas, does he have the law of kanas that if he's killed by someone's animal, the owner pays the master 30 shekel or not? Do we say that since the Pasuk says the money is given to his master and this master who has no monetary ownership is not a true master, or do we say that since he still requires to get shikhur, he is still called his master? Daf Mem Gimel, so the Simmer Daf Mem Gimel is a magazine. So here goes. The master flipping through the pages of his green slave market magazine. Magazine? That must be more in Duff. Mem Gimel. The master flipping through the pages of his green slave market magazine to see if a slave of his kanas rights to his slave was valid. Which reminds us, at the end of the previous Duff, a question was asked, Evish Michal Rabul Kanas, a slave whom the master sold only for rights to the kanas, which would be paid if he's killed by someone else's animal, is this sale valid? This question is expressed in the context of Mochokas Hanayim regarding, regarding whether Adam Makna Davar Olam, a person can transfer that which does not yet exist. So the master flipping through the pages of his green slave market magazine to see if a sale of his kanas rights to a slave was valid, sat next to his wife who was engrossed reading her Shaduchim for Slaves magazine with the cover picture of a half-slave being Makadosh, a free woman, which reminds us, the Gemara asks, Misha Chetzio Eved Vechetzio Ben Chorin, Shikidash Bas Chorin Malu, one who is half-slave and half-free man, who is Makadosh, a free woman, what's the halacha, meaning is the marriage effective for his free half? The question is explained, even if we say about a free Yisro who said to a free woman, be married to half of me, that the marriage is valid, that may be the Chazil Kulay, because she's fit for all of them, meaning a full marriage. But perhaps a half-slave who's incapable of a full marriage cannot perform a half-marriage either. On the other hand, even if we say that Kedushan of a free man who says, be married to half of me is not valid, that may be the Shire B'Kinyano because he left out part of his acquisition by not making complete Kedushan. But with a half-slave whose entire freed half is marrying her, the condition could be effective. So the master flipping through the pages of his green slave market magazine to see if a sale of his knas rights to a slave was valid, sat next to his wife who was engrossed reading her Shaduchim for Slaves magazine with a cover picture of a half-slave being Makadish, a free woman, which included a fascinating interview with a half-slave woman who married someone and then married someone else after being freed. Which reminds us, the Gemara discusses what is the din if a half-slave woman marries someone, then becomes fully freed, and then marries someone else. All right, so now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff do we discuss whether the law of Kanas applies in a case of a slave who was freed but awaiting his get shikhur? That's on Duff. 
Membeis. Good number two, which stuff do we discuss? A chesi shivcha who marries someone becomes fully freed and then marries someone else. That's on Duff. Mem Gimel. Good number three, which stuff do we going according to Shmuel? Purchase money is refunded for land sold during Yobel. That's on Duff. Mem Dalad. Good number four, which stuff do we discuss? If a master's sale of his rights to a slave's kanas is valid. That's on Duff. Mem Gimel. Good. Number five. Which of the when a slave forcibly taken by an idolater as collection on a debt is not bought back and set free. That's on Duff. Mem Dalad. Good. Number six. Which stuff do we discuss what the halacha is if a chetzi evet chetzi ben chorin is mekadesh, a free woman? That's on Duff. Mem Gimel. Good number seven. Which stuff do we discuss a case where the master told someone he freed a slave and the slave says he was not freed? That's on Duff. Mem. Good number eight. Which stuff do we discuss whether one transgresses me'ila by benefiting from his hectish slave's hair that's ready to be cut? That's on Duff. Task. Good number nine. Which stuff do we learn about a case where one sold a slave to an idolater and then died and we discuss what the halakha is regarding penalizing his son? That's on Duff. Mem Dalad. Good. And number ten. Which stuff do we learn the one who writes his possessions over to his two slaves where he gives half to each slave? The slaves do not even acquire themselves. That's on Duff. Membeis. Excellent. That concludes today's year. This is everybody. Ram Gold Harm Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.